Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at Mexico's technology sector with Merger Market's Mexico correspondent, Dominic Pastina. Hi, Dominic. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Hello. So let's start off by looking at the big picture. What kind of deal activity have we seen in the Mexican tech space in 2021? Yeah, I think it's been a, a really exciting um, year for, for the Mexican tech space so far. I think something that was bubbling under the surface for a few years has really come up to the boil. Um, this year, we've seen record numbers of uh, investments and deals and um, sort of soaring valuations of of uh, startups. I mean, just to give you just to give you an example, um, so far this year, Mexican tech firms have raised almost three billion dollars, um, which is roughly as much as in the previous nine years combined, uh, according to, to figures I've seen. So that really gives you an idea uh, of you know this sort of investor appetite, growing investor appetite for um, for companies operating in in this space. Um, and you know, just just to sort of drive down a little bit within that, I think fintech is really the uh, the driver of that growth. Um, particularly companies working in sort of uh, challenger banks and mobile payments, uh, online SME lending platforms as well. Um, and then there are a couple of other sectors that have also been seeing a lot of growth this year, which is prop tech, so both buying and uh, rental platforms. And insure tech as well, um, which is driving a lot of interest because there is a lot of uh, a high percentage of the uninsured, uninsured people uh, here in Mexico. So it's been a really exciting year and, and, and it looks like it's going to continue this way. Thank you. And could you go into what kind of factors are driving that activity? The tech sector has been one of the hottest sectors of the past few years, but specifically in Mexico, what's different there? Yeah, I think there's a few things. Uh, as was as always with these things, there are you know a number of factors that are contributing. But in, in Mexico specifically, I think it's important to mention that there is a, a very high internet penetration here. We know there's 130 million people here, so to start off with a very high population, but also a very high internet uh, penetration. It, it, Mexico is regularly ranked in the top four or five uh, global markets. Uh, in terms of users for companies like uh, Spotify and Uber and Netflix. So the vast majority of people have internet access. The vast majority have um, smartphone smartphones as well. Um, and that is really helping to drive uh, growth uh, for digital facing startups and in turn um, make them attractive for, for investors. Yeah, I think another another factor is obviously the the pandemic, which has really forced uh, consumers to change their ways of of operating. You know, people that were perhaps reluctant to do online banking were forced to because the, the banks were closed, or people that were forced uh, the reluctant to do um, uh, e commerce transactions were forced to because all the the shops on the high street were closed. So that again just helps to drive growth in terms of users, in terms of transactions for these startups, and and again makes them more attractive for for investors. Um, and then another thing I think it's important to mention is is the uh, wealth of funding that has suddenly become available for for local startups. This process really started in in twenty nineteen when when SoftBank um, announced a five billion dollar fund 
for investing in early stage tech startups in Latin America as a whole, but a lot of that has been invested in Mexico. Uh, they announced another three billion fund earlier this year, so that shows sort of the success that they've had in the region and that they continue wanting to to invest more. Uh, and I think that has created a sort a, a fear of missing out, a FOMO effect for for other investors um, internationally, and they're starting to look. You know, if SoftBank are investing so much, maybe we need to do the same. Um, so uh, this year we've seen players like Tiger Global uh, making their first big bets on, on Mexican startups um, and regional funds like, like Kazakh, which are based in, in uh, Argentina. They announced two separate um, venture capital uh, funds this year, one for early stage, one for later stage growth for a combined $1 billion as well. And they're investing a lot of that in Mexico. And then just finally on the investor side, uh, the tech, the, the VC uh, space in Mexico has really been growing slowly over the last 10 years. But now some of these sort of better placed VCs have got a good track record of, of successful exits and successful portfolio companies. And they're able to raise bigger funds. And that means more funding available for, for local entrepreneurs. Um, uh, and then just a final uh, point on, on sort of the driving factors of this, I think it's important to mention the regulation. Um, there was a, a fintech law passed in Mexico in 2018, quite a groundbreaking law um, globally and sort of really uh, helped to clear the, the, the space and, and uh, let everyone know exactly what, what needed to be done if you're going to be operating a fintech in Mexico. Uh, the first licenses, um, fintech licenses started to be handed out to last year. And that I think has also helped, uh, to provide confidence both for, for entrepreneurs to know sort of where they stand and also for investors to, to help reduce the risk uh, of investing um, in this country. So, so it's been a combination of things. Great, thank you. And you mentioned some of the big investors that have come into the tech space in Mexico. Can you run through some of the deals that they have been involved in? Yeah, sure. I, you know, it's been in the last twelve months. For example, we have. I mean, twelve months ago, we didn't have any unicorns in Mexico. Now we have five, so they've all um, reached that valuation in, in the last twelve months. I think. You know the, the biggest one, the most important one to mention is, is Kavak. Kavak is a is an online used car marketplace um, that recently raised seven hundred million dollars at an eight point seven billion dollar valuation, which made it the uh, the second highest um, Latin American startup in terms of valuation um, behind uh, Newbank from from Brazil. Uh, investors in that round, were, yeah, ones that we've previously mentioned, SoftBank and, and Tiger Global. Um, Bitso is, is another one I think it's important to mention. They're a, an online cryptocurrency trading platform that is growing rapidly with several million users around, around the region now. Um, they, again, earlier this year reached uh, a valuation of $2.2 billion, again from Tiger Global and Kazakh, I mentioned from Argentina and, and QED uh, investors from, from the States as, uh, alongside many others. Um, so that, you know, and, and there they have exciting and very aggressive growth plans, not only in Mexico, but, but throughout the region. Uh, and then a final one, I, I think it would be interesting to mention is, uh, not perhaps for its size, but just for what it represents in terms of what's happening in, in this space at the moment, which is a company called Kokomo. It's a, it's a local prop tech that helps people have co-ownership of, of holiday homes. 
Uh, they just started operating in uh, June and then in August. So just two months after they, they got off the ground, they raised a $56 million funding round pre-seed, uh, which it was a mix of, of debt and equity. It wasn't all equity, but I think it still shows the uh, investor interest for, for, for this space. I mean, a $56 million pre-seed funding round in Mexico would have been completely unheard of 12 months ago. And then now, now that, that is starting to happen. So those are some of the deals. And what about the M&A activity? What are you, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, the M&A activity is also starting to starting to take off. Some of the larger fintechs are now reaching critical scale. And that means, you know, with larger funding rounds and, and high growth, they're looking for other ways to, to continue that. Um, and there have been a few interesting deals this year, um, for example, Confio, which is an, another uh, another unicorn that you know reached that status earlier this year. They do online SME lending. They acquired a company called Senor Pago, which is a mobile payments platform that was just before reaching their their, their unicorn status. Um, one of Confio's competitors, which is Kelly Husto, also has done a couple of deals this year. One which is very interesting that they acquired a, a bank, Banco Finterra. Um, really to, to get the banking license and, and accelerate their process into becoming a, a fully licensed and regulated uh, bank. That was, you know, a, a very sort of surprising and, and exciting deal to see in the market, you know, fintech acquiring a, a, an operating bank. Um, and from the conversations that I've been having with uh, people in the market, it seems that more deals like that are, are going to start coming. I think uh, companies are getting bigger and they're getting more uh, they're getting better positioned in the market, and I think M and A is a natural uh, evolution for for those kind of companies. So I think next year we'll start to see more uh, M and A deals of fintechs acquiring other fintechs or startups acquiring other startups. And that leads nicely onto my last question: What else do you expect to see taking place in the the Mexican tech space towards the end of twenty twenty one and into twenty twenty two? Yeah, well, I think. As, as I just mentioned, I think we, you know, from the conversations I've been having, we expect to see more M&A uh, between startups, not only in Mexico, but I think this could also play out uh, regionally as well. Uh, Bitso, I mentioned, the, the cryptocurrency platform is already operational in, in Brazil and Argentina, as well as Mexico. And they told us recently, uh, we reported on it, that they're looking for, for more sort of acquisitions as a way to grow throughout the region, not, not only in Mexico. Cavac, uh, the, the online used, uh, used car platform, is a similar case. They have this year launched operations in Brazil and, and Argentina. We've reported on, on reports that they are in talks to, to acquire a company in Turkey as well. So they seem to be looking really globally in terms of um, their M&A strategy and growing through that. So I think we'll see the bigger, bigger uh, startups start to become much more active on M&A, not only in Mexico, but, but internationally. Uh, another thing I think that we will probably see this year is the first Mexican fintech IPO. Uh, this hasn't happened yet for, for a number of reasons. I think the main reason is that there is a lack of liquidity in the local equity markets and there just isn't really the uh, the investor appetite for these companies. And there's also a lot of red tape and bureaucracy for, for Mexican companies to go public. So 
Uh, I think if it does happen, it's more likely to happen in, in New York and the NASDAQ exchange. But from again, from conversations I've been having, it seems that at least one or two are really starting to um, make progress on that. And I think in the first half of next year, we'll see our first uh, Mexican fintech IPO, which would be obviously a great, a great uh, uh, moment for, for the sector. Um, that could be traditional or it could also happen through SPACs as well. I think uh, there have been about 10 or 12 um, SPACs listed in New York at the uh, this year that are trying to acquire or merge with a, a tech company in Latin America. Mexico is obviously a great market for them to, to look. And there have been reports of certain companies that, that are already in talks with SPACs I, from conversations I've been having. I know that at least sort of half a dozen SPACs are very actively talking to the largest tech firms here in Mexico. Uh, so that hasn't happened yet, but I think we'll probably see at least one or two Mexican companies um, merge with a SPAC and, and go public that way next year as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the main things to look out for. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.